This is episode 7 of the Hub Games Hangout, brought to you by Adventure Mart. Available now at your friendly local game store, online, or at wearehubgames.com. Links and stuff up and around. So, uh, hello weird people who join us literally the very second class. Is that true? Have we already got people here? Uh, it, it does happen pretty quickly, which is quite nice. <laughs> Oh, right. Also, hello to the strange people who are already here. <laughs> proto, proto lurkers. Um, highly up and around. Highly so, skilled. Okay, yeah, so hello to people who join us. Oh. <laughs> All right, so if I go onto my Twitter, uh, which is in my Safari. Because I'm now one of those Mac people. It's a difficult transition. It's the only one that will handle the, the, the horrible way I put um, <laughs> prototype games around. Let's <laughs> uh, so me and... Okay, so I've just put the link on my Twitter and let me put it on the chat. So if I do private chat, that's the link to the video page. So you got it? Cool. Lovely. And what I might do is I might just comment tweet that because I think that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. what did I just do? We are live. We are indeed live. Excellent. Ah, and I just realized it's my friend Rain's birthday, so I need to message them. That's what happens when you don't log into Facebook until like seven o'clock in the evening. <laughs> I mean, I, I try and avoid it, generally speaking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. It's, <laughs> it's for the best. Um, all right. So, comments. Um, so a nice thing that we can do is when comments pop up, I can just click this button and they will appear like that. Oh, wow. That's cool. So that's quite cool. That's very cool. Um, absolutely pro-chatting. Pro in it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only problem is it's just got me at the driving wheel, which is like not a great thing. Anyway, uh, let's do an introduction because it is that time and there are indeed people watching. Hello, nice viewers. Um, good evening, guys, gals, non-binary pals. It is... Wednesday, it's seven o'clock UK time, and it is time for another Hub Games team talk. This time with a very stripped down team. Uh, the team being, well, me, hello. 
Um, I'm Michael. Hi. And I have a special, awesome, wonderful, and lovely guest. It is Chris, uh, Chris Eggert, the editor of uh, Tabletop Gaming Magazine, as you can see from the library of magazines behind him. It's Hi. all good. Thanks for uh, coming on, man. It's much appreciated. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, thank, thanks for having me. It's very much a last-minute extravaganza, sort of like I got a message on Friday from um, Rory, who, of course, you know, mm. uh, is is Le Boss, along with uh, Anita, his wife, is going, can you do the show next week because I'm on holiday? And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, is anybody else available? No. Can I call in some friends? Yes. Okay, let's go. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, it is, it is much appreciated. So thank you so much. Mm. It's right, and uh, yeah, we do have people in already. So uh, we've got we? Yoss is our uh, Yoss is ridiculously regular, <laughs> not in like a toilet way, but in just like an, an always here way. And uh, this is the level of quality that you'll be able to expect from the next hour or so, Chris. And I'm, I'm so probably. happy the bar has been been set. That's something I can achieve. So, Chris, before we go into sort of like the the wonderful world of um, you know tabletop magazine stuff. Uh, and and sort of like games, sort of like writing and journalism, in in a bit more of an in depth thing because that is what today's topic is going to be about. Um, tell us, you know, how how is you? How are you surviving the world at the minute? Um, pretty good actually. Um, considering, I mean, I think um, for all for all you know the COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff, you know, lockdown, all of that stuff. Um, uh, it's actually not been a terrible time for board gamers. Mm. Um, I think it's a terrible time to be trying to publish board games, obviously. Um, so heart, heart goes out to the publishers and <laughs> tell uh, me about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but in terms of being a board gamer, I think um, I think we've all come to a point where we're um, accepting a, a slowdown in the way we run our lives um, mm. because of lockdown. Is it whether that's because you know maybe your partner's been furloughed or or similar um, uh, or generally you're working from home you've suddenly got hours back in your day um and i think that kind of actually works with a lot of analog gaming um the, the other thing is of course um a lot of people have suddenly discovered that they really like playing rpgs over zoom um so that's uh that's a, a, an extra joy for everyone so um so yeah it's been it's been quite good so me personally um the only real bane in my life is the impossibility of um reviewing a game that has a player um starting player cap of three people uh, <laughs> because that that's it's become a you can't socially distance um player board game a worker placement game um except maybe something like um uh flying goblin or something like that which uses a small um catapult to throw goblins into a castle uh, <laughs> I, I you can still consider that worker placement um but <laughs> It's not the most sort of like exacting worker placement. I'm imagining it's rather sort of like rough placement ish. You know, it's spiritually um, got a hungry hippos vibe. Uh, you know, so. What the hell is this game? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So Fly Flying Goblin is a, it's an uh, Ayala um, title. Okay. And by the way, I will say the name of every publisher wrong. By the way, I'm so sorry. That's um, fine. We're <laughs> um but uh yeah so it's a a, a wonderful in the box game where um you, you you can literally take the lid off take a couple of pieces out and then you have the game set up um which is a uh a favorite trend of mine maybe these days mm -hmm. um uh so it's an in the box game and then you spend your turn um 
literally using a, a tiny like catapult. I wish I had it here to show you because they're, they're really lovingly made um, catapults. Is it, is it like the old, um, oh, the old 80s game, like the crossbows and catapults kind of vibe, that sort of um, you know, plastic so, band? And so sort of... No, because it's, it's, um, they're actually like seesaws. Um, oh, they've okay. Been, they've clearly been engineered to a point where um, they, they know exactly the kind of ranges you're going to be hitting because mm. things don't go flying as much as you expect. Uh, anyway, it's, it's just there's a load of areas, sort of holes in the uh, castle that you can uh, uh, fire your goblins into, uh, and um, you're trying to build a totem on the outside of it. So obviously you're trying to aim to hit other people's totems down because uh, the one who completes their totem wins the game. Uh, oh. So it's uh, a nice sort of push and pull about it, and um, it's very silly, very light, um, and uh, uh, maybe maybe years and years ago it would have been a, a classic family game um, that everyone would have in their cupboard, but uh, we've, got, we've got so many interesting things to play. Um, I think it's just uh, it's just been like quite well received. Um, I thought have, have you found your your plays since lockdown have been sort of like tending more towards the light side i i definitely um, have in my house um i mean so we um so i've got uh we've got a uh, five five-year-old five five month old daughter um so uh most games we have to play um unless we're very lucky um we play them uh passing a baby back and forth um oh, okay. so, <laughs> you know, uh which um uh means that uh games that have um very strong robust um uh like rule sets that you can main you can keep the thread of what's going on um in between a baby shouting um uh are particularly uh useful in that regard but in truth um i've been playing a lot of solo games which has allowed mm. me to um go completely wild and play <laughs> completely um I'm mad and wieldy things um but i don't i don't know if i'm going to lean the right way here so i've got this planet apocalypse behind me which is mm -hmm. uh, the new sandy peterson um I, I soloed that and that's um uh yeah just a, a wild complex well, not, it's not that complex but it's, a, it's sort of a wild um expansive game that's going to take up your whole table um but because you know uh there's no there's no way we were going to be able to play that two player so uh, the review that's coming is going to be a solo one um and yeah so there's been lots of like solo play and been playing rpgs online and stuff like that mm. um so uh complexity not gone down that much but there, ha there has certainly been more joy found in simpl simpler games i think i'm down with that i mean i i i, I find it very difficult to play solo games um I, I have tried, and I've I, I actually ended up streaming a few of them. Like I did The Quiet Year, oh, yeah. um, which was really enjoyable. Actually, no, that's probably the wrong way to describe it. So, like, it, you know, The Quiet Year being sort of, hey, it's a post-human society, and you're just trying your best to survive. Describing that as enjoyable is, yeah, probably incorrect. But it was certainly, you know, it was a a, a good experience, Yeah, I guess. But I, I'm finding it sort of, like, difficult to sort of get the the big table downstairs like i think every gamer has the, the big table mm -hmm. and okay. you know at the minute because there's three of us in our house um the big table is always full of everybody's mm -hmm. stuff so actually sort of like trying to clear off and doing something like i see so you've got a copy of new dale behind you which is soloable um yeah. and, and good at that actually 
Yeah, I, I, I love Oh My Goods. It's like one of my favorite games of all time, and the solo mode, and that's pretty good. It's it's one of the solos I can tolerate, kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, do I really want to spend 25 minutes setting this thing up? And then I need to go through the rule book, and then I need to do it. And it's like, I could just sit down and play Binding of Isaac again, like yes, on the PS4. Because I've just finished Persona 5 Royal as well on PS4. So that was 112 hours of my life, which which ate, which ate a lot of lockdown for me, which was quite nice. But now I've finished it, it's like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to sort of do something else now. Mm. Is, I think... Um, <laughs> uh, so I, the, just to, to diverge briefly to the uh, to digital games, hmm. um, which are allowed sometimes, I suppose. Oh, um, yes, of course. I've... Uh, me, me and my uh, my dear brother, we've been playing a lot of uh, Dark Souls uh, three and sort of doing runs together. Nice. Um, and um, doing silly things like um, wearing all the heaviest armor from the beginning and stuff like that, so that you know, so you you drop stuff in from other characters and stuff, so that you can do these sort of thematic plays, which are mm-hmm. you know, stupid and impossible and sort of challenge runs and stuff like that. Uh, and it's been it's been really good. It's been really good. I think um, maybe maybe Persona or maybe more like Pine of Isaac actually. Um, for you, uh, it's it's one of those things where you realise you've got to an age where, um, when it comes to video games, it's kind of like maybe one game for you for maybe the next few years. They might bring up another one, um, but you you've kind of settled to like this is my game now. This is the game. <laughs> I, I I have I have a few of them, and I sort of like bounce between them. So mm. it. it they're like slipping on a slipping on a comfortable pair of shoes. So like I, over four or five different formats, I've probably got over like a thousand, maybe twelve hundred hours of Isaac played, <laughs> um, and I hadn't touched it for like let's say three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like yesterday, I just sort of like went, you know what? I think I'll give Isaac a shot again. And I sort of like straight back in it with like mm-hmm. lightning straight yeah. down the middle in the zone. All the way through the secret endings, and it's just like, yeah, okay, I can still play this. I'm fine. I'm good. But yeah, between that, um, a game that's much loved between the um, in, in the in the board gaming community, Slay the Spire. What? Um, so it's a it's a, a roguelike deck builder. So it okay. generates a, a, a completely random game every time you play it, mm-hmm. um, and it is very very well loved because it it, it has that tabletop feel. Um, and it also does a uh, a daily run as well, so it'll give you a daily challenge that you can go up against and sort of like try and try and beat everybody else. Um, but yeah, I am also a Dark Souls uh, Dark Souls boy. Um, yeah, all the way back to Demon Souls on the PS3. I remember yes, importing yeah. it from Japan like a complete loser, and then only being able to play in the Japanese uh, servers. <laughs> Desperately trying to communicate. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the the way I would have I would choose to play it, but um, uh, I mean the okay. So this is this is a strange one, but the order I played them in was Demon Souls, Dark Souls two, three, and then one. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if that's ever um, apparently that's a weird order to do things in. Uh, I think it's entirely acceptable. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I I usually get a a, a strong reaction to that. Uh, no, I, 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 I think as long as you're playing Dark Souls, then you're okay in my book. That's fine. <laughs> Although I, I did see a very weird. Um, um, th- so the modding community is 
wild on Dark Souls. And I did see one uh, that I read about, I think it was yesterday, uh, but I think it was Dark Souls. It's either two or three, but someone has done a mod where uh, from the very beginning, the first weapon you pick up is a rifle. Okay. And it just turns the game into just something completely laughable. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't I don't want that, I don't think. No. Nah, you want the challenge. You want the Yeah, yeah. You want uh, the dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think if I was ever going to try a mod on any of them, it would be Dark Souls 2 because that's kind of feels like the most garbagey in a good way. It's like the trashiest <laughs> one of them. I think I think a mod where like you have everything or something like that would really suit that. Uh, I, I really like Dark Souls too, but um, yeah, and I quite like the board game, even though it came in for quite a lot of criticism when it uh, first landed. I know they they revamped it, and I think mm. I probably only played the revised rules, but um, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I liked the um, uh, the Bloodborne card game as well, Eric uh, Eric Lang's one. Um, yeah. You know, th- there's there's definitely like a lot in there, a lot in that world, uh, mm. or rather in those worlds, because obviously. Bloodborne and, and, and Dark Souls are two completely separate universes, but still similar sort of vibes. Um, but there's 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 so much lore in there, and so so many different things that you could sort of like mm-hmm. take and transfer into uh, you know into a tabletop thing. Um, not that yeah. anybody that we know has taken some sort of video game and tried to turn it into a tabletop <laughs> thing, but we're not allowed to talk about that. So. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, but you did I, see it at the aircon. I did see. I did see that. Um, yes, and I can't remember how to describe it without saying the thing I'm not meant to say. Um, or should we not? We can. We, it's fine. It, it's it, it's fine. If, if it's it's like it's not human, and it's not naughty. <laughs> and now people know. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So sensible. So sensible. Um, so tell us a, a couple of things. What, what else have you been uh, has been hitting your table? So uh, tell tell give me the 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 boy who can't do soloing because mm-hmm. his concentration is is wrecked. Give me g- give me something that I can go okay. and I can go. And... So I would say um, probably probably the best game I've played this year. Even though it actually it actually came out last year in its initial run. Um, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be relaunched by Mythic um, again this year because uh, I don't, I don't think it sold as many copies as expected. Is Rurik? Um, oh, okay. Which is uh, this one here? I think. Yes, there we go. I'm I see it. leaning in the right direction. Um, so that is a um, what I now know because of speaking to uh, uh, the lads behind Undaunted is known as a uh, Waro. War- yeah so a um euro game war game Mm -hmm. um and it is um literally the most probably the most elegant game i've played except for maybe something like undaunted um and it's so it's what it is is a uh it's war in um 10th century uh uh, kivian rus which is sort of Russia, uh, Belarus, and um, somewhere else important. I've forgotten the name of. That's. Uh, I mean, I wrote about it last month. That's ages ago. Um, that's so long ago. Uh, oh, this issue. Here we go. There we go. Ooh, there. Um, and uh, yeah. So what, and what it is is a. Um, uh, so it's area control. You move little 
men on a board, which is all very pleasing. Um, you take control of areas, you can build things in those areas once you're there, uh, and that gets you more points uh, at the end of each round. Um, uh, or uh, helps you meet criteria, which lets you move up a track, which is how you win the game, because it's a Euro game. Um, but the way it's all played, really, is on a smaller board um, called the, like, uh, it's called, it uses something called action programming or auction programming. Uh -huh. um, I've not decided which one it should be called, uh, because it is both. Um, <laughs> so you are programming your actions, and it is an auction to do so. So um, uh, you, you put down a little meeple on the, on the board under, you know, move or fight or muster. Um, and uh, at the top of that row uh, will be, you get three moves, say, and then below that will be two, and then below that will be less. Um, so you place, place your chaps on there. Each of your um, advisors, I think they're called, uh, is numbered uh -huh. as well. So a five is obviously weightier than a four. So if, if you've got a four in that column and I put a five there, you shift down one in that pecking order. But the thing is, what you're doing is you're going to take these actions in order of one, two, three, four, five. So what you have is this perfectly contained um, way to force people to be strategic and tactical about what they actually want to do. Hmm. And I think one of the great sort of, um, uh, I'm going to say sins, but it's not really. One of the um, difficulties everyone has or with Euro games is that there's always the feeling of... Um, oh, damn, I should have done that already. Uh, and so two turns ago, you should have made a strategic choice about mm -hmm. um, about what <laughs> about where your turns are going over the next few turns. Um, it, it, it's that um, there's never enough time to do everything you want to do. Exactly. And you are always filled with regret for the things that you have done and haven't done. A, a good euro should always make you feel like that. Yeah, yeah. That, but this kind of helps you kill that very quickly because uh -huh. you are um uh because it forces you into strategy strategy mode at the start of each turn um okay. and then it all plays out on the board and then you sort of work out what's going on and um obviously you your opponents don't know where you're going to move or where you're going to attack or anything like that so it's, it, sharing that information isn't um uh sensitive at all either so um yeah it's high strategic uh, and uh, yeah, it's probably one of the, the best things I've played, especially as like a duel. Um, mm -hmm. Very good for a two-player game. And there is a um, excellent solo mode as well, um, which uses uh, bandits and a bit of um, simple AI. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you've. Um, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've played Villagers, haven't you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever played the solo mode of that? I have not. No, no. but there so, is a copy sitting downstairs that would be. Ready to roll. It's, it's, it's the one you go up against the um, the queen over the seasons, yeah, yeah? and the countess. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, I'm just going to take a small drink of water. Yeah, go for it. I'm trying to do that off mic. Um, so, uh, so that has one of the best things I think in solo gaming, um, which is uh, and something that all solo game, good solo games should do, which is um, the cardboard villain cheats. Which means that um, you don't have to do any maths for them. You don't have to take their turn. You don't have to be two people uh, or anything like that. You don't have to think about what's best for them particularly. Um, in fact, you, you the things you do for them, you can try your best to hinder their um, experience. Um, and the interesting thing about the Countess is because it's kind of because of the way 
she cheats and the way she kind of taxes you and the way she might steal your villagers and things like that um it puts the whole game in the sense of this kind of like class struggle thing um <laughs> which is <laughs> which is really interesting you're, you're sort of like by the end by the end of it you're like you're you're um either like uh, ready to overthrow her or um at least unionize you know um so uh yeah so there, there are a couple of things I, i've recently been sort of delving into especially in the, in the solo realm all right i i will i hereby michael's honor yes. promise to give the villager solo mode a go yeah. the minute i can find some space on the table um at the minute it is an absolute trash heap my wife is um <laughs> Okay, so she's currently in the middle of, of, of putting a video together. She does um, doll customization. So she takes, like, you know, um, stuff like Monster High dolls or Barbies or whatever, and then completely factory resets them and remakes them to look like, think, you know, like Persona characters or Animal Crossing characters or things like that, um, which is incredible. But she's just about to launch her YouTube channel. So at the minute, everything is just dolls. And sewing machines and bits. So I just need a small corner, just so I can put some cards well, out. Well, villagers, one one of the tidiest boxes in the business. Yeah, isn't needs, it? Yeah, needs so much space. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's so lovely. I mean, I, I picked it up at um, UK Games Expo last year. Um, I I just bought the standard game, um, but they also had like you know the fancy box with the wooden coins and mm -hmm. the you know the the extra kickstarter card and stuff yeah. so the friday i bought the game uh the friday night uh me and a bunch of friends played it i went this is really good mm -hmm. like really really good so i went back on the saturday and um picked up all of the extra stuff oh, because it's just it, it, i i always like if there's a game that sort of like hits me really really hard um like in in a good way you know hits me here hits me here whatever um i always want to make sure that if if I know that I'm going to be getting it to the table as often as I think mm -hmm. it's going to happen, I always want to make sure that the experience is going to be the nicest it can be. Yeah. And it's also good to like, you know, fling a few extra quid at, you know, mm -hmm. at the publishers because I know how expensive publishing games can be and how expensive running shows is. So, you know, an extra 10 or 20 quid here is is always good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um and but and also I'll just say that that um that coin box. I look at that. I just mm. think that is useful in so many situations. There's so many games mm. you can just swap out those coins mm -hmm. um, and, and happily use some nice wooden coins. Yes, it is. It is beautifully designed, and just the way everything slots in together, and oh, even just organizing and sorting out the cards into their, you know, with the little dividers was um, was beautiful. Uh, now we will talk about the magazine and writing in general in a moment, but we do have a question from Jos who says, uh, did you guys play Under Falling Skies? Uh, I didn't. I, I have I have not played it yet. Um, uh, Paul Grogan, yes. So Paul Grogan um, off of uh, Gaming Rules, he did his online, uh, GridCon online uh, event last weekend, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, and he played through it a couple of times. Um, I also saw a very, very early version of it um, last year in Germany. So um, we went on a, a sort of a little media weekend for Asmodee um, in this, how to describe it. They had basically all of the most powerful people from Asmodee <laughs> Europe, all across Europe. Mm. And they all came over to... Um, 
to see all of the new games that were coming out for like you know the next 18 months so me and rory went over um with one of the first copies of mega city oceania um and you know showing it off to all people there uh but under falling skies was there and it was it was one of those sort of like dark horse like holy crap this this is really like the rumors that were going around you know the chat was going around was like really really good but yeah we were all in this sort of like very utilitarian german uh youth hostel um um drinking rattler um <laughs> and just trying to work out what was going uh, what was going on uh, but apparently uh Yossa said you can print it from the cge website oh, okay and that's a, that's definitely soloable as well so uh, yeah, all right i might give that a shot I, I desperately need to get the printer in my printer in my life actually because uh, there, there's the um <sighs> yeah. there's the um um tales from the loop board game oh um, yeah and the, the files are there to to print right now if you want to try it um which uh i do i'd like to try that <laughs> but i, I, just, I just haven't got to uh committing to uh to an actual printer in my life so i did crack i bought one uh a couple of weeks ago because um just for prototyping at home um i've been designing a lot um i, I kind of set my challenge or uh, set myself a challenge of designing a a new game from the ground up every week um uh, so starting from concept and going all the way through to first prototype just to keep my brain going while I've been on furlough. And it's been interesting. But yeah, I, 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 I tried sort of like prototyping a lot more on um, on Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia. Mm. But there's nothing better than just sort of like, you know, getting your hands dirty basically and starting chopping up hundreds of cards. And yeah. oh, that's nice. That's Can you, I mean, would you, would you be able to tell us anything about any of those games? I love I love hearing um, really really early concepts of anything. Yeah, um, I, I once sat down with um, um, James Naylor to talk about Magnate, and he he one of the lines that came out of his. Um, uh, <laughs> so what was that? Yeah, you hate him so much, or you love him? No, so much? Yeah, no, it's so good. Magnate is yeah, so really so good. Like I, I I really want a copy of it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but he 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 said to me, um, I, I want to make a. Um, I want to make a card game around, but just around the concept of one-turn kills, um, which I, I was just like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good." <laughs> just so any anything like that uh, always tickles me, just because you, your brain immediately wanders off into what could it be. Um, so can you tease us? Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll talk to anybody about anything I make. Um, so, uh, so this is my. This is my work pad that does everything on it. Um, so stuff that I have done in the last few weeks includes, um, oh, that's when I played the quiet year. Because <laughs> oh, I, I decided to color it all in because I'm an idiot. There you go. <laughs> uh, game designs, let's have a look. Um, a pick up and deliver car drafting train game. Um, <laughs> I like that. So the so that would be a three phase thing where the first phase is you're all building the network collectively with sort of like a, a draft. Mm. Uh, then you start build. You, phase two is like building and then also moving your trains. And then uh, phase three is build or move. So that's sort of like mm. 
you, you can sort of like get yourself out of some trouble. So that was week one. Um, solo rules for Flick Over Frog. Um, oh, very good. Oh, how's that going to work? Oh, no, hold on, hold on. How, how's that oh, going to no, work? Um, well, that will be going up on the site, hopefully, oh, in, um, in a couple of days' time. Um, oh, very good. So, yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to sort of like make a weird little puzzle version of it. So hmm. you have to try and get as many of your frogs face up um, at the end of the game. I would say I really like that game. Um, that that goes really into my, yeah, <laughs> but it it goes into that category of games where um, you know um, it's one of the games where you think yeah, this is for kids, right? Yeah, and then you it's play with a few adults. Really, really quite confrontational. Yeah, uh, about the moves you're making, um, and I think I think there's a whole. Um, oh, was, hey, that's my fish. Mm -hmm. Was was recommended by the um, the undaunted chaps uh, as uh, technically an abstract war game. Uh, <laughs> 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 I am here for it. Yes, yes, yes. That and um, Loop and Louie, the most um, devastating dexterity game. I don't know that. What, what is Loop and Louie? Loop and Louie is um, it's a motorized um, airplane on an arm. But the the back of the arm is weighted, mm. um, and then you have each player has a hen house with three little chicken tokens mm. sitting on top of the roof, and the plane goes around, um, just motorized, blah 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 blah. But just before your hen house, you have a little. Remember you were talking about the little seesaws for the mm. um, goblin uh, goblin Flying game earlier? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you tap it at the right time the other end of the seesaw goes up and that knocks the bottom of the aeroplane. And then the aeroplane, because it's all weighted, starts going looping all the way around. And it is so good. So they did a, um, a Star Wars version of it a couple of years ago mm -hmm. called Lupin Chewie that everybody went crazy yeah. over. Um, but with Lupin Louie, it's four players instead of three. But you can also, if you are super hardcore, put two sets together wow. and have eight players. And it's brutal. It's so good, and it's um, yeah. It if ever there was a game built for just late night tournament play, it's Lupin Louie. Mm. It's horrifying. Um, other stuff: dinosaur body snatchers. That's one. So uh, a spiritual. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think the Jurassic Park films showed us that dinosaurs do like to snatch bodies but i don't know if it's in the sense of what you've written down <laughs> so so the idea behind that one is um i was listening to um a whole bunch of podcasts about the bone wars uh basically a a, a bunch of early uh, early to mid victorian um era scientists who just decided to go to war against each other in america um trying to get as many different dinosaur bones as possible and discover as many dinosaurs as they could, but really did it badly. So they just made up loads of really, really bad mistake dinosaurs, like putting half of a flying one together with half of a land one. It's just like, this is definitely a dinosaur. It's fine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all good. Um, but yeah, uh, that was cool. Um, uh, I, I have designed a spiritual sequel to Megacity oh. called Megapanas. Um, there's a Eurovision game that I did, <laughs> and uh, the one I'm working on this week is called Monster Hospital, where you, because um, I was listening to um, uh, an album by a band called Metric, which has a song on it called Monster Hospital, and yes. 
And I just went, all right, so what would that look like? What happened to them? That was that was two thousand and six or something, wasn't it? That's a long time. Yeah, and they did um, oh, they did a bunch of the music for the Scott Pilgrim movie was that as right? well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, they were good. Fine band. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about magazines. Finally, like yeah. over half an hour into the call. Um, so you are the editor of uh, Table yeah. Table Magazine, as we can mm. see beautifully laid out behind you there mm. um but it, you you are relatively new to the focus because uh, matt jarvis was your your predecessor who is now with dice breaker yes yeah um so uh i mean obviously uh you know people people can't say his name in the office without burning it bursting to flame but um, yeah that's you know uh, he's dead to us all that's great and uh di you know dice breaker uh is uh is pretty is, is pretty decent they're doing some really interesting stuff over there mm. um uh but yeah i'm relatively recent to it. i think I've, I've done something like seven issues or something mm -hmm. like that seven or eight issues um and uh i came i've come to um i came to board gaming from a very like i guess casual place um yeah. so like you know the your sort of um your usual sort of carcassonne and Catan and that sort of thing um and then uh almost all of my exposure to board games is from people just having the game around them. I mean, I think I've kind of accidentally played um, half of the the Spiel des Jahres. Um, again, I won't say that right. Um, uh, uh, winners in the past um, because they they all sit in that sort of nice family game sort of area. You know, Camilla, yeah, and Agricola, Agricola. I can't remember that one actually. Agricola, um, stuff like that. Um, uh, and yeah, so I came in from that sort of very Eurogamey sort of gateway sort of realm, um, and uh, and then was just um, absolutely blown away by what was available to me. Um, uh, you know, as as many people are when they actually enter the ho hobby um, properly. You know, um, and yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting learning curve for me because I'd never I'd never played a role playing game until yeah. I took on this job uh, and it turns out i love it uh, it's, it's it's one of the um best ways to spend your time uh frankly um yeah so i mean that's uh i mean that's kind of my my background in a way um and how so I what, what, what did you do before like were, were um, you uh, contributing my, to the magazine previously or no, in, my, in my previous life i was um i did a series of sort of marketing jobs um yeah. So, uh, but things that sort of PR and content led. Um, so I sort of um, looked after writers and stuff like that for various um, editorial websites and, and that sort of thing. So, but it was all very digital based. So moving to print was um, really interesting. And it's uh, one of the, the pure joys of the job is that um, every month I can technically finish my job for that month. Um, which, which sounds yeah. kind of fun, which sounds kind of funny. Like only so many pages, I guess, and it's just sort of it's like, like, right. It's all there. It's, it's done. It could all be done, you know. Um, so that's a, on a personal level, that's one of the things I, I gain great, great joy out of. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's 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 where I came from for um, uh, into this. And obviously, I've been a yeah. Personally, I've I've you know done a lot of um, short story writing, poetry, that sort of thing. Oh. Um, usual usual nonsense. Um, and I used to run a, a literary newsletter as well, um, uh, where I'd um, I ran it for a couple of years. And I, I think I managed to do it every single Friday. I'd write a newsletter about um, basically what's going on in um, literary Twitter, 
uh, and, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of where I, that's kind of where my um, writing uh, pedigree comes from, if indeed I have one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that I mean, that's that's kind of me in terms of that. But I, I think more generally, um, there is kind of a question of like, what is games journalism? Because hmm. um, I, I, I think there is um, for people uninitiated into the hobby world of games, um, they they think that there's kind of like articulate monopoly and the rest, and then how could you possibly? Yeah, you, you, you see those articles every sort of like late November, early December. It's the, the games that you and your family should be playing. And every year, it's always the same ones because okay. the people who are doing the writing just, no, you know, no. yeah, they don't, they don't need to because, they, because Articulate, Monopoly, and Cluedo are still all available. So they could just, yeah. right, we're just going to update it. Does it have a new cover? Nah, fine. All right, sweet. Then we'll just go. <laughs> yeah. And that's another, you know, it's a two-page spread done and everybody's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I think, um, so there's, so for a lot of people, they're very confused as to how this magazine exists. And I tell them that there's, um, we've reviewed like 29 new games this month in it and there was room for more there wasn't room for more that we also played um you know and we're, we're and it's and it's endless and there's so much um and and yeah so and the other thing is like um we're i i like to think that um a bit like sort of new games journalism for video games um you're, you're sort of looking at kind of uh kind of elevating the hobby slightly Mm -hmm. or at least respecting people's time and enjoyment of it um we, you know it's something we kind of take seriously uh yeah. we're, we're quite you know we're, we have fun we're silly we have lots of jokes but um uh, uh but, but generally you just want to say that like yes you 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 enjoying a board game is like a proper use of your time and your engagement with that culture is uh decent and we are a great magazine to read um if you want to further that engagement uh, find out more about the people who make them, and also you know read thirty reviews or something every month. Uh, you know, so, yeah, because, uh, yeah, the, the magazine isn't just about reviews. I mean, there are other um, you know there are other magazines available around the world that do specialize very much in. Here is a whole you know raft of written reviews and away you go. But the one thing that I very much enjoy about the magazine, and this is not me kissing your butt, is the um, you know is the the more in depth articles. You know mm -hmm. the the fact that you're not afraid to like go off on a you know a, a four page extravaganza yeah. about larping or <laughs> you know you know it, it's there is always such like a, a a wide variety of of articles in the magazine between you know month to month to month. Um, and that range of diversity, I think, is not only, you know, interesting and entertaining, but it's also vital, you know, just to show people that, you know, you might just like to play, you know, solid two-hour Euros, but hey, maybe this might interest you, or maybe this might interest you. And all it is is the investment of, like, you know, a few quid to buy the magazine and a little bit of your time to actually, like, you know, to, to, to read through. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, um, a lot of I mean, a lot of games have wonderful stories behind them anyway. Um, you know, a recent, uh, most recent issue, we've got Mariposas on the cover, which is mm. um, Elizabeth Har Elizabeth Hargrave's uh, most recent game, um, and that's about a three thousand mile migration of butterflies over multiple generations. And uh, because this Elizabeth Elizabeth Hargrave, she spends time. Um, making sure she's modeling kind of the metaphors within the game. Um, mm -hmm. So you actually, um, 
you you see the the way you kind of spread out over the map and then back again um as as like uh through different generations um like yeah modeled in there in a way that's kind of like really nice and elegant um yeah so we've got we've got that side of our features and we've also got the bit where we ask her does a butterfly remember being a caterpillar um and <laughs> you know so we're so we're not that we're not that serious but um but we like to make sure that we um uh, uh we we do we do dive deep into these things and um hopefully leave people like fully informed and like able to think about their hobby in a way that um uh yeah let, lets them feel like they can talk about it um with their friends that are like an uh i guess I'm gonna say I'm gonna say academic level, but that's not right at all. Um, but like a, a they're allowed to talk about the concepts of it. You're allowed to talk about how the game makes you feel. Um, if a game yeah. makes you feel good, um, you should have a way of articulating that. And I think that's important. It's not just because you won, which is like an arbitrary thing that happens in games at the end. That we all kind of most of us who play a lot of games actually we're not that worried about winning or losing in the mm. end um, it's more about how it felt getting there you know those yeah. those, tor those tortured euro game moments of i should have done something earlier um uh, or um or like this planet apocalypse game just behind me uh, uh who, whose review I, I wrote earlier um uh you know is big stupid fun in the best possible way you know um and yeah there's, there's something in games because they are kind of producty mm. um you know is is a it's like a product design we we sometimes feel a bit bad about um enjoying them as much as we do um and so just knowing that there's these games that you know uh, i think of it as um you know they, it lights your brain up with um like fairy lights or something when you do something when when you finally understand the um uh, the full mechanisms of a euro game and you really get in you make a really good turn you feel great you know, mm. uh, and having and trying to find the ways to articulate these things and work out um, what it is you like, and then help you find more games that are like that, because um, it's it's I think it's very easy to get stuck in a a, a rut of the things you like, um, but if you just dip into the magazine, you're always going to find something that you didn't know you were interested in, or um, a different path through it, uh, through through gaming that you um you were unaware of in the, in the same way you might have you know in you know, the early 2000s been um looking down like genre lists and things like that for music to you know oh. um probably pirate to be honest but um yeah. <laughs> uh, we all remember <laughs> the glorious days of lime wire and comparison <laughs> you know but but you you were you know uh, trying to find you know oh this this um you know this label does this certain kind of game uh -huh. and that's really interesting so i'm going to find everything they do you know and that sort of stuff and, and yeah, you know, we feature indie games, feature big games, you know, and um, we're just we're there really just to help people broaden their uh, sort of the way they engage with games as well as deepen it. Yeah, I mean, one one thing I, I also like about the magazine as well is um, obviously a lot of us, myself included, um, are you know we would often consider ourselves fully paid up members of like the cult of the new. We always want to see mm. what the the next game is what the next big thing that we you know everybody else is playing so we should be playing it too but i i, I really like the fact that the uh, the magazine also dips into history for example um i particularly like uh, james wallace has done the uh, the regular series of just like playing through all the spiel CRS winners mm. and and looking back at them with sort of like the modern 
sort of uh, critical eye, mm. which yeah. I, 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 I very much like. I mean, James is one of my, my favorite people in games ever. Um, he's just this, this, this most English of gentlemen. Um, weirded the hell out of me when I, when I found out he went to school with Boris Johnson. Very, very odd. The stories we were, we, yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, um, it's, it's been lovely, sort of like having him go back to like all these classic games and going. Niagara's not that great, mate. Sorry, what was wrong with yeah. you? Yeah, I think do you know. What? I, I um, we've actually got a uh, a nice um uh feature five five whole pages covering every single um every single uh uh all the hours um that, that he's done so uh this coming issue is the one to pick up if you oh. want to know which ones were actually good or not <laughs> um because i think the thing the thing he does um because obviously you know james is wonderful he's very funny as well that's uh it's one of the great joys of my job is that um uh, although not for very long, because actually uh, leaving uh, leaving us to join the uh, the the, uh, the mighty Asmodi uh, mm-hmm. in the form of um, to, uh, green board games, isn't he? So it. yeah, yeah, uh, which I'm really interested in because so they've got um, I think it's uh, is the Brain Box. I think are the titles. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, um, and James has sort of got a particular interest in um, uh, like learning games. Um, and I think that's that's something that he sort of comes back to a lot. I think that's it's going to be really interesting to see how he takes that. Um, and privately, he's told me some other really exciting stuff that I cannot possibly tell you. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure. Well, maybe you'll possibly already know as well. Um, uh, but anyway, yes, we've got we've got a wonderful um, uh, rundown of all every title up until this point. Um, and what James does is he gives you the answer to the question: Is um, was it a worthy winner at the time? Mm. And should you play it now? And so often you find um, the judges made a kind of weird decision. Um, and, it, and when you see them all together, as I have very, very recently, um, mm. you're like, oh, that that was absolutely a reaction to the previous year. Because I think I think it was um, Catan then El Dorado. I think that's I think they were. Okay. Winners, I think I think that's right. I might I might have got that slightly wrong. Um, but um, obviously, Eldorado is suddenly so they got Catan, and obviously they uh, basically, as far as most people are concerned, they created board games at that point. Um, so uh, yeah, I, not remembering there's like another twenty-one previous winners <laughs> going over, like <laughs> Hare and Tortoise instead of exactly. by, yeah. by the lovely uh, uh, David Partlett, um, and um, who, who also writes for the magazine in the excellent uh, uh, Tabletop Time Machine, um, uh, but. Anyway, yes, um, and the comment is that the the jury seemed to have just gone. Okay, we've we've got everyone on board. Right, here's this really compl- this well much more complicated um, game. <laughs> right, here you go. You're ready. You're ready now. And yeah, they sort of clearly rushed it as uh, the family game, uh, which is not. And then obviously recent winners like you know, Just One, um, you might say is is light to the point of flimsiness, even you mm. know. Uh, and yeah, so. Um, yeah, we do. We do this sort of historical dice, and we also do. Um, uh, and in, we have an interesting little one pager, which is uh, around the world in eighty plays, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of board games of the world. And this is another one of those things where you're kind of getting a list of um, uh, you know, games that all come from the same place or the same um, um, background or 
game same game sort of stable in some way and you suddenly you start making these little connections that all these czech games have all similar flavors or all these polish games have all similar flavors um we, so we don't just do europe to be clear uh-huh. we do we, we do go everywhere um, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are other countries other countries that are available the, the, the malaysia one is very very good because it um dived uh, dove it went dove. really deep <laughs> 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 it went really deep into the um, print and play culture that they have mm-hmm. um, there, which is um, which is the primary form of um, our hobbyist games in Malaysia. Um, but yeah, so we, we have all these different ways of getting in or thinking about games that you don't possibly get through other mediums. Or you know, you can scroll the uh, board game geek top one hundred by theme, category, etc. as much as you like, but it doesn't tell you how you're going to feel when you play it usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get like you know 14 comments deep into a thread about actually the rules but it turns out they eventually they said something that tells you the game um we're kind of getting into there straight away <laughs> so <laughs> and this um, is why print media is very useful thank you very much <laughs> yeah yeah well no it, it isn't um i think there's you know a lot, a lot of people play play games the analog analog games to avoid screens a little bit more uh-huh. um and you know uh i i know certain friends of mine who um just said no more video games it's just i'm I'm just gonna give up on i I don't want to keep up i don't want to have a xbox that hasn't got 300 and something in it um you know uh i don't want to start again Uh, (laughs) and uh they've just stuck with um analog games and for those people having a you know, an analog medium to read it in as well just helps you retain that part of your life that isn't ruled by um by screens and, and keyboards and messages and notifications i mean okay this is gonna maybe okay. be a little bit too too much information but there is there is an innate pleasure of just sitting in the bath just yes. reading through magazine it's just Look, it's, can we just lower the tone immediately yeah. Tabletop gaming is an excellent Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to say best, it. The world's second best Lou Reed after the Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. That wasn't even a joke. That was terrible. No, um, yeah, it, it, there's nothing like this. There's nothing wrong with reading on the toilet. And, you know, you, everybody flicks through their phones. That's fine. Why not bring in a copy of, of of the fine, high quality tabletop gaming magazine and and yeah, lots of lots of long reads, lots of short reads. You know, it's whatever you're in for, uh, it's it's we're there for you. Uh, so <laughs> project, I mean, I might I might get a phone call later about the uh, the way I've brought the um, the magazine into disrepute, but uh, that's been my goal all along. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, your mission accomplished. It's all good. Um, do, do you keep an eye on on um, like other gaming magazines from around the world? Uh, do you ever read any other ones? Uh, so I, guess, uh, I do. I do try and read Spielbox. Mm. Um, that's, that's. Do you, do you see that as any sort of level of inspiration? Because obviously, Spielbox has been around for donkey's years. Do I you think, see there any sort of like level of inspiration or? Uh, yeah. um, not particularly. I think we take our you know our cues come from to be honest in terms of the way we write about games comes from video game journalism things like edge and oh. stuff like that that's oh. kind of where we're kind of um we, where we fit in the universe um spielbox is um like you know it's kind of got a community element about it almost um because it is this absolute info dump um and uh, uh 
I, I find it quite charming, but um, uh, but I don't think my designer would uh, allow me to have a review that goes on to the next page and then just just down the edge of that page uh, before oh, starting okay, another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's sort of uh, weird layout of things that are um, uh, slightly confusing to um, uh, some possibly some readers. Um, I I enjoy. It. I mean, you know, part of my background is involved in you know literary magazines and stuff like that. So I'm I'm more in line with things like um, uh, Senate um senate is very good like i know they're only two issues deep but yeah I, I, that feels it, it, it feels it feels special so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because i i i felt worried about mentioning them because it's almost like they are the you know they're aiming for the same market and i don't not really i don't think so i mean um there's, yeah, there's no newsstand presence. We're we're definitely more consumer um, focused because we have all the reviews, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, Dan's great. Dan Dan writes in the magazine, um, you know, three or four pages a, uh, a month. So, um, and uh, in fact, um, Dan uh, is has just uh, in the newest issue. We've got a review of the new Back to the Future game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so he, he's our obviously. Yeah, being the contributing editor to Empire Magazine, um, he's the chap who might he might get first dibs on the uh, film games. Um, so, so, a copy uh, of Jaws. Here's a copy of Back to the Future. The other Back to the Future. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. it's Back to the Future games. So. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, I mean, send us a lovely mag. Um, uh, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy it also because uh, a lot of the writers in there also write for me, so it's um, <laughs> it's like seeing your friends, um, which might be a slight overreach for them. They might all feel very uncomfortable now, but um, it's like seeing your friends um, doing writing more nice things, and that's I like that. So um, there's ro- there's room enough for all of us um, in in this uh, in this world of uh, uh, games journalism. I think. I think so. Um, for folks who are watching, by the way, I need to do a weird plug. Um, for a completely different magazine, but it's not available in the UK. Um, new issue of Plato has got an interview with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, sorry, is that is, that is a games magazine, though? Yeah, so this is uh, uh, French uh, French language. Oh, uh, I believe it's available in France and Belgium. Um, but uh, myself and Rory were interviewed uh, for mm. a couple of months ago, and this just dropped through the door yesterday. It was just sort of like, <gasps> yeah, I'm I'm known. <laughs> I can't read it very well, but you know, <laughs> yes, a minor, a minor setback. Um, My very, very basic GCSE level French will. Yeah. Did um, you do the interview in French? Uh, a little bit of it. A little bit of it. A very Re- little Renaissance bit. Man. That's what we've got here. Three or four questions. Um, the rest of it was in English because um, the uh, the delightful interviewer couldn't come up with the right words. Um, in English, so I said, "Okay, well, just give me the questions in French, mm. and I'll answer them as yeah. best I can." But I did get my friend to actually go through my French and check my work before I sent the responses back, because <laughs> yes. I didn't want to send anything horrifyingly offensive or incorrect. Yeah. Um, yeah, suddenly, suddenly, you're a wanted man in France, but you're not sure why. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's him. Oh, it's him. Stay away from him. He's a bad man. Um, what What do you want to? What do you want to see? What would what would you like to do in tabletop gaming magazine that you you mm. can't quite do yet? Like if, obviously under your sort of like your stewardship mm. as editor. 
Um, you are you are the the leader. What, what, I mean, what would you like to do? The, tr the truth of the matter is that um, I've got this this private now public goal of um, uh, we've never reviewed more than thirty games in a magazine. So I would I would like to get to a point where we can review we can casually be dropping thirty plus reviews a, a month. Um, obviously, that requires uh, the good people who make board games to uh, uh, to continue to do so, uh, and uh, there not to be a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> I hear that's mildly problematic for the production. It's, it's, it's mildly problematic, yeah. So that's something I, I think the reviews are are the most important part of the um, magazine and, and um, reader surveys that we've done in the past. Of of people, you know, the thing that makes people buy games and the thing that makes people go up to um, and members of the team at, at shows and say, um, you've cost me so much money because I bought loads of games because of your magazine. Uh, <laughs> like, sad face. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, uh, uh, it's up there with, the, uh, um, uh, with uh, uh, Isaac Childress's um, complaint compliment of uh, people coming up to him and saying, uh, you took my dining table away from me. Uh, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we ate on our laps for two months because of Gloomhaven, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a big thing for me. I, I would like to just really get more reviews in there. I think I think they're kind of the lifeblood of it, and um, uh, yeah, that's that's the big thing for me. And I, you know, I, I want to approach the way people play games more. Um, so I'd like to introduce things like maybe a column on solo gaming, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, that's the kind of stuff I want to head towards. Um, yeah, uh, we 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 stuff I've introduced in the magazine uh, has been things like the uh, the cardboard manifesto, uh, which is a absolute straight opinion column where um, you can do any you know uh, our writers and 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 indeed some um, designers if they wish. Uh, are more than welcome to uh, drop whatever fire they they want to, or um, die on whatever small hill uh, they've decided. Um, you know, so uh, I've actually all hearing the phrase "drop whatever fire." Good yes, Lord. I know. I know. Come with your beat, my friends. So Richard Johnson Parks, are, um, who I refer to as our our tame uh, role playing game writer. Um, yeah. Uh, which he uh, objects to because he's wild and free. Um, he, he wrote a, a very controversial um, uh, no dice um, column in there, which was maybe we don't need dice for role-playing games, which, yeah, is, is actually a fine, interesting opinion to have. Um, but, it, yeah, it feels uh, uh, vaguely... Um, uh, vaguely yeah, sacrilegious. Um, I mean, coming from a company that published Untold Adventures of Weight, which admittedly it comes with a set of story cubes, but it has no sort of like dice mm -hmm. dice in it. So I'm here for the heresy. That's that's fine. Yeah, can't yeah. nice as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, you know, it's where we it's where if you you know um, like Owen Duffy, uh, he he wrote us a column on um, diversity in um, gaming. Um, which is, uh, you know, it's the the long, long used and often used joke, which is there's more people um, who called Werner who have won the uh, uh, Spiel than there are women. Um, so, you know, uh, we've got we've got a little way to go in in terms of um, representation. Um, uh, but I, you know, we're, we're maybe not the worst industry. I'm not sure, but. Uh, 
But we can always do better. Absolutely. Everybody can always yeah. do better. That's right. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, we did want to do a quick bit about RPGs because you did mention earlier on that uh, yeah. Yeah. you are you are you are you are relatively again new to the the wonderful world of RPGs. Mm. You've been diving in. Yeah. So what have so, you been playing? Um, so uh, the first RPG I'd, I'd played properly was um, the Alien RPG. Uh, oh, okay. And um, I played mostly in the cinematic mode, mode um, just because of time, time constraints mainly. Um, and uh, it's fabulous. Um, just uh, people dying all the time. Um, uh, you, ev- is, everything is, set. Is it, is it just an, an alien versus people? Or is there... No, it's... I have no idea. I mean, the, it's, it's wonderful. There's things like, you, you know, you can describe to your players how thick the air is, is with something. Um, and they'll still take their space helmets off. They'll still get infected, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of um, the amount of atmosphere in the game is really, really good. There's actually bits in it. There's actually a joke in the. Um, for, uh, this is going to be a spoiler part of this. Um, in the the, the uh, in the core book, you get, you get a um, uh, a free cinematic scenario uh, and uh, called Cherish of the Gods, if I remember rightly. There's a, there's kind of a joke in that, which is uh, basically if if the players have turned the lights on, they see a coat rack. If not, here's a description for what they think they see, um, which is obviously a horrible monster. Uh, the other game I have to talk about, because it's the, the RPG that's become our campaign game amongst mm. our friends, is Morkborg, which um, Morkborg is a... I don't have it here because it's downstairs with my RPG stuff <laughs> for, for Zoom calls. Um, so uh, it's a um, art punk, blackened, uh, a blackened art punk RPG by uh, like Stockholm Cartel, uh, guys um okay and um if you were interested in the recent uh dissident whispers rpg uh mm. bundle that they did for black lives matter uh bail funds um there's loads of new information that um what it is is the a brutal and simple uh rpg uh where players do most of the rolling so um there's no like the monster has to roll for things there's hardly any hidden roles uh, it's highly narrative it's in a world where at the beginning of every day you need to roll a dice and work out whether the world is the apocalypse is coming one more tick that that day. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, and if it is, you roll you roll on a separate table that tells you um, something about the world that has changed. For example, the trees might decide to start attacking people, or a mist rises from the swamplands, or whatever it is. And it's just a um, bare, but it's sixty six pages long. Okay, yeah. it's wild, gothy. Metally nonsense. And, and it's Mork, hang on, spelled Mork Borg. Mork like pork, but with an M. Uh, and, and then Borg, as in. Um, as in Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I can't I find recommend it that highly enough. Um, <laughs> you definitely should get it. You should absolutely get a copy. Um, Even as just something to read. I, I, when like, you, I mean, I think you should Google it right now and just have a look at the. I think, and then we can all see your reaction on screen to seeing the kind of art that's in it. Uh, and it's um, it's OSR, but it's not not in like a bad, gross way or anything like that. It's not Lamentations of Flame Princess. There's no weirdness about it. It's very um, uh, okay. decent, decent people. Uh, there's no like you don't have to feel weird about it uh, or anything. I'm, like I'm, that. I'm I'm getting a cave evil vibe off of it. Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're you know not not that far apart. Uh, well, obviously they are in terms of actual location, but um, yes, cave evil and and uh, 
and Mort Gorgar, uh, probably Bedfellows in some way. Um, that looks delightful. Yeah, absolute and absolute. I am, I am, I am here for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in with. Oh, so uh, actually, Yoss has jumped in to say, ah, the art is awesome. Yeah. There we go. That, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> like um, looking at it, you can really sort of like get the vibe about what the game is like. Yeah. Um, and it's the game I've played most extensively now, and it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> uh, I play more of this than I've played D and D. So. Uh, which just is just a bizarre thing to say. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. Like, I, you know, with so many people sort of like, you know, getting into the worlds of role playing games, mm. like D&D is always sort of like the, the go to, mm. hey, you should play this because it's what everybody plays. And it's just sort of like, well, there's also thousands of other things out there. So there was yeah. the, um, the itch PO bundle that came. Mm. Um, like fifteen hundred different things on it. There's a yeah. whole bunch of like really lovely, sort of like light is in there. I think. Yeah, Troik, yeah, 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 gorgeous. Like so many fantastic little games in there. Mm. Um, even something like Fiasco, um, mm. the board game version of which is coming out. I think it was meant to be later this year. That might be pushed back to to early next. I think. Yeah. But with the world as it is, um, but my recommendation is always the um, the worldwide wrestling role playing game because. <laughs> It's it's beautiful. There's no DM. Um, when you want to seize control of the game, you seize control of the game. So um, <laughs> not only are you wrestling in matches and rolling dice off against each other to sort of like see if your moves and stuff come off, um, you also build the federation around the um, around the whole thing, around the whole uh, mm-hmm. the matches. Yeah. Um, and my favorite one we played was uh, my friend Emma was sort of like leading the game. She designed a uh, a wrestling federation that would only wrestle on uh, cruise ships. Excellent. So the uh, matches could only take for place. Tax in for, no, because because uh, if you're in international waters, you can get away with so much more. <laughs> um, and a friend of mine, uh, Jody, she had a character called um, Dave Bloodfist, who right. was um, the basically like the John Cena, like the the full on American patriot. But before every match, he would dip his hand into a bucket of broken glass and just scream, "Bloodfist is America!" And that is what RPGs are all about, my friends. Um, it actually, I think it actually is. Um, in my experience, I mean, okay, so everyone should play D&D at some point, but um, you shouldn't only play D&D. There's so much out there. Yeah, there's um, so many good things. Even, even like, sort of like solo journaling games. That- yeah, uh, Iron Sworn, uh, we did a review of that and a little interview in, uh, a couple of issues ago. And mm-hmm. that's a really interesting, like, yeah, solo RPG, um, which sounds bizarre um, uh, until you like have a look at it and you're like, oh, actually, this is... This is really smart, you know. Yeah. It's um, yeah. all good. It's cool. Well, Matt, I think we should probably wrap it up because we normally sort of like go between 8, 8, 15. But um, Chris, I would like to thank you for you know spending some time with us. Uh, thank you to the folks who are watching and uh, thank you to the folks who are watching afterwards as well because, of course, this is going to be up on YouTube. Um, if people want to hunt you down, but in a positive way, not like in the yeah. most dangerous game, but, you know, just the nice games, um, how can they do so? Um, okay, so uh, the best way to do it is to uh, go to tabletopgaming.co.uk 
and then if you want like a picture of me to come through your letterbox once a month um the best thing to do is to go into the store tab and then to the subscriptions offers tab which we have lots of at the moment um and uh subscribe and then you'll you'll see a picture of me every month through your letterbox and lots of words about games as well which might yeah be they just happen to be attached on yeah. on subsequent um, pages uh, i believe i believe our twitter is uh, tabletop gaming mag um i'm gonna check that i think it's just yeah. tabletop mag you know oh is it hold on Tabletop mag, yeah, my apologies. Uh, and then um, Instagram is the devilish uh, tabletop underscore gaming underscore magazine, I believe. Cool. Um, we've got a Twitch channel now as well, where I um, stream things. I sometimes paint things. We're running a small um, braver than I. Yeah, it, I mean that's kind of the point. It's called it's called uh, Chris can't paint. Um, and uh, <laughs> and um, so what what it is is I um, take a much loved model and ruin it um, by applying the wrong colors and stuff like that. I'd like to in the future do something where chat can provide me a like source image or a reference image, and mm. it doesn't have to be anything related to it at all. So uh, when I get around to painting the giant frog frogemoth thing from D and D, if you send me a picture of a post box, um, I guess it's going to be a red one. Uh, and we will attempt. We'll attempt to do. Uh, uh, it's kind of my attempt to be the Bob Ross of um, of uh, just chill model painting. Yeah, we're just going to chill out. I'm going to say things. I will say things like, "Shall we paint this bit gold?" And then 20 seconds later, the chat says, "Absolutely, we must paint this bit gold." And then we do. It's nice. Um, the other thing. The other thing is we have a podcast uh, on, on which uh, one of my sweet cat children has uh, decided to <laughs> join in after shouting outside. Uh, podcast. Okay. Podcast is new. It uh, only it starts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can get it on your um, uh, your Apple or other fruit based device uh, or robot based device or whatever you wish. Um, it's on almost all services. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, Stitcher and all that sort of stuff. And it is in depth conversations with uh, designers mostly uh, and writers. Uh, about a single subject, uh, which we sort of meander around between and and over and under, uh, and then we get a top five. So, for example, we have the top five messy games, which is a particular favourite of mine because we talk about the games where, again, they hog your table, um, they take over your life, uh, and there's too many bits, uh, and you love them still. Um, uh, or we just talk, we talk about um, you know RPGs that aren't D and D. We've got a whole whole. Uh, episode on that and uh, recently talked to chaps about uh, Undaunted and today uh, I recorded a um, podcast with uh, Tristan Hall uh, of uh, Hall or Nothing uh, mm -hmm. Gloomhaven, not Gloomhaven, oh god Gloom of Killforth, blimey yep. um, uh, Gloomhaven's the other one yeah, yeah, the other gloom. Well, actually, it's not the other gloom because there's there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's also gloom like a gloom, yeah yeah, loads. <laughs> we had an extensive chat about solo games. We get his top five solo games. So if solo gaming is something based on the conversation we've had today, uh, something you're interested in in some way and you'd like to know more about and want to know kind of like why and how, uh, it's a great, great one to jump into. So that'll be going up later in the week. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. And the latest issue is the one that's just above your head, which is the Mariposas mm. cover. Yes. Uh, there we are. Yes, I'm going to hold this up slightly. This is the Mariposas cover. So, um, yes, this is a uh, this has got a nice section. If you if you're um, if you're interested in um, like slightly older games uh, that we maybe missed out on in the past, this is a very good one. We've also got uh, reviews of Undaunted North African here. Nice. Um, got Rurik, 
uh, got the new Oceans game, um, which is the sort of sequel to Evolution for uh-huh. fans of that. Um, absolutely loads of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else we got into because it it's been a whole month. Oh, and we did a really, 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 really good. And I say this as if I didn't write it. Um, a really, <laughs> a really good interview um, with uh, the makers of uh, Tokyo Highway. Uh, Tokyo Highway. Uh, um, that'd be uh, Iten. Iten yeah, that's it. Yes. Who um, uh, who always write their name with a lowercase i, which is yes. interesting. Um, but they talk about how um, they Tokyo Highway is, is actually an attempt to uh, make a game that doesn't need. They started from the concept of not wanting uh, there to be a board and to, for it to be like football. So uh, again, <laughs> that could be played. Bit, yeah, I know. So if you want to know how that attaches itself to a, a studio that uh, is kind of known for its lovely conceptual games, uh, then, yeah, it's, it's an, a great issue to pick yeah, up. There you go. So, yeah, available in your stores. Uh, also available uh, as online downloads as well. Uh, yeah, initial issues are um, particularly interesting if you like things like uh, um, me asking uh, Elizabeth Hargraves um, the question about the butterflies. Cool. Do they remember being caterpillars? Um, there's a that's we couldn't include the uh, us laughing ourselves to death part in the actual interview somehow. Um, so we had to add that as a recording. Um, so there's lots of lots of little extras you get if you if you buy digitally. Uh, and of course, we are available in um, supermarkets and other places like news agents and stuff like that. WH Smiths when they open. Um, if anything ever opens again. Yeah, yeah, but you know, subscribe. We'll it's great. You get funny covers Ooh. like this one. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, that's me. Sorry, I I, I can't stop pitching. That's all right. Yeah. Pitching is fine. <laughs> um, but for now, thank you all for joining us. And um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can get me personally uh, at Idle Michael. Uh, the Hub Games Twitter is We Are Hub Games, and don't forget to visit wearehubgames.com as well for all of your game-related needs. And, uh, yeah, if you do have a copy of Flip Over Frog, keep an eye out because there will be some solo rules popping up pretty soon. Uh, and, hey, they're pretty good if I say so myself. <laughs> uh, but for now, yeah, thanks very much for watching, and we will see you again soon. See you later. Yeah.